welcome to the Gifted Life Podcast, where we have conversations about organ, tissue, and eye donation. I'm Lori Steele, a community educator with the Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, or LOPA, and joining me as always, Mr. Joey Boudreau, and he is LOPA's Chief Clinical Officer. Hey, Joe. Hey, Lori. Number five, bud. Number five. That's We've it. We've been here two months, and, and we're working on our third here. Yeah, and what we love is that we're hearing feedback from all of you, so keep that up, please. Um, and I heard from a donor dad. His name is Duncan, and we highlighted his daughter in one of our previous episodes. Um, her name is Tabitha. She's a hero. She saved lives. And he said, I love it because I'm learning more information. And he says, i like to share it on our Tabitha's Wish Facebook page. And so we're asking, if you have those means, spread the word so you can do it through Facebook or other means. You can like us on Donate Life Louisiana page. Yes. You can like us on Twitter or Instagram. Our handle is at Donate Life LA. Mm-hmm. You know, we also want you to subscribe to us. We'd like you to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Windows, Phone, Miro, Beyond Pod, TuneIn, and Pocket Cast. But not only subscribe, give us some ratings. We want five stars. That way we can get bumped up so other people can see us and hear about us. Yeah, and we're starting to hear feedback through those means as well, which we love. But hey, even if it's not good feedback, we want to hear from you too. And you can always hit us at info at lopa.org. We're kind of sounding podcast savvy. I like it, Joe. Uh-huh. I like it. All right, on today's episode of the Gifted Life Podcast, in the news, We'll talk about a hero connected to the Rose Parade, so some national attention when it comes to saving lives. In our recovery segment, we're going to talk a little bit about allocation and how organs are placed. Yeah, in our myth segment today, which we like to tackle those myths, direct donation is something that we talk about. And in our community, we're going to talk about how a driving school is helping making an impact on donation. Our little partners, we love them. In our technology segment, a new tool to help with donation, save those lives. And in, as we do in every podcast, yes. Lori, we're going to honor our heroes. Uh, One of our favorite segments. Plus, we'll tackle your questions and so much more here on the Gifted Life Podcast. We are in the news segment, and we are excited because um, we like when our local stories about donation hit nationwide, right? We want to inspire as many people as possible. And boy, This is one way to do it. So you may have heard about the Rose Parade, and you may have heard that we have a float or the Donate Life float. All of our partners from across the country get together, and it's this amazing float which highlights life. It's just amazing, celebrating life. And this year, they had local ties, plural, yeah. Yeah, Lori. Well, Lopa tries to sponsor a hero, one of their heroes every year. And actually, we've done that for the past, like, 10 years or so. And just a couple years back, we sponsored... Uh, Ryan Viator, his family just loved it so much. They thought it was the most it amazing is thing. It is And so his family, through Ryan Viator's legacy, decided to sponsor two additional heroes. So Chain we reaction. sent a total of three heroes from Louisiana were participated and the families participated in this Rose Parade. Which is good. So Justin Harrison, hero. Lacey Takino, hero. Nicholas Jordan Oquan, hero. And you can read more about them on our heroes page at lopa.org. But every year, we have a place on a Donate Life float, which is in the Rose Parade, just to kind of catch you up. And so what happens is they put these incredible pieces together made of flowers and all flower-like materials. So it's like you were saying these pictures really come to life. They do. From the hair, the lips, um, any kind of feature, right. 
It's on there. The eyebrows. It's incredible. And that's what a fluorograph is. So it's all those flower-made materials that are put together with this picture. And so um, they're mostly done away from home, but then they're sent here for the families to complete them. Yeah, and I was fortunate enough to be part of that. I witnessed uh, actually two of them, Justin and Lacey, Mm -hmm. uh, because they they happened in Lafayette, actually at one of the the local hospitals in Lafayette, where— they had passed and become donors, mm-hmm. where they gave life to others. So it was a very powerful, not only for, obviously, for the families, mm-hmm. you know, but also for everyone else involved, including some of the nurses and some of the physicians that were there that took part in the process some years back. It well, was, to see it, it's just breathtaking. It was a moving experience yeah. for everyone. There was not a dry eye in the place. Yeah. And you know, so basically, the picture is mostly complete, but the eyebrows are not. And right. so each family member gets to honor that hero by completing the floor graph right. and yeah. putting it together. Right. And then and once it's complete, they get to send it back yes. to, to Pasadena, where they then later on at the time of the Rose Parade right. go and help put it all together, make it all happen on the float. God bless those people. They do such a great job. But then millions get to see these people who have saved lives. Yeah. And then what's great is the families that are from Louisiana, they get to go and watch it yeah. in action live. We, we watch it from TV and we're taking it's, pictures from our screen and we're sending them to each other. Did you see yeah. it? Did you see how great it's it is? So powerful the themes are so TV. awesome too, yeah. So it, it's just an amazing experience. And again, it's just a way to put a face to donation because we think when people know a little bit more, they know about these folks. Justin was just a teenager, but the lives that he saved from back in 1997, the heart is still beating today yeah. and a wonderful woman named Marilyn is just an incredible story that we want to share with everybody. And like we said, we're always trying to reach people who don't normally hear about donation. This is a nationwide audience. It's All amazing. Right. All right. Millions and millions of people watching. And and you mentioned, you know, Justin's heart recipient. She was actually there also in attendance and helping, you know, <sighs> put the final touches. So it was, like I said earlier, it was the, the best experience. <laughs> it's good for, for all around. And then it just inspires us as workers as well to get involved. Look what can happen when we all work together. And if you want to check out videos about the Donate Life Rose Float, you can go to our YouTube channel, Donate Life Louisiana. And we hope that um, you are inspired as well. We have reached our recovery segment here on episode five, and what we want to focus on is finding matches for these gifts of life, finding a suitable home. When I'm out in the community, Joey, we always hear about, uh, how does this happen? I watch TV, and on TV, by the end of the hour program, they are done, right? That's how it happens. And so, (laughs) no, no, no. A lot of people reference Grey's Anatomy, and so um, it doesn't quite happen that way, right? Not quite. And that's the unfortunate part about television. They get a lot of that, especially time frames, wrong. Mm-hmm. But it actually, in fact, takes up to 24 to 36 hours mm-hmm. on most cases. And we have to explain, of course, we explain that to the families at the beginning of the case because we have to find the best suitable homes so that these organs can live on mm-hmm. for the longest. And it's not just me working by myself or you working by no. yourself. There is a power team of people making sure that life happens. You're exactly right. 
we have roughly on one particular case, just from the LOPA team, mm -hmm. we'll have 15 to 20 people trying to make life happen, trying to get the best place and the most lives that can be saved for these recipients. But not just LOPA. We then have to work with other transplant centers or we, we're connected with other transplants. We'll have a total of 100 to sometimes 200 people wow. working just on one case alone. It's amazing how many working parts there are to make this transplant and these lives uh, saved happen. But man, it's important because we are saving lives. Yeah. And I'm out in the community a lot and people ask a lot of questions. Um, how long uh, is the waiting list? What are most people waiting for? Those kinds of things. And there is a, a nifty little site that we can all use, uh, the United Network for Organ Sharing, UNOS, U-N-O-S dot org. And you can go there as well. But people always want to know where do the organs go and who gets what? And so basically in general, you can kind of yeah. Handle that, yeah. Well, the thing is, and I think we've talked about in a previous myth buster, that just because you have money or, mm -hmm. or status, right. you know, that doesn't right. put you higher on the list. Like you said, you know United Network for Organ Sharing, That's they house the list. This match list is what we call our waiting list. And they house them based on who's the sickest. And so when a, a particular donor might come up, let's say, you know, here in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. The recipients come up based on the sickest person and then proximity, how close they are, because obviously some of the organs can't go very far. And then they're matched by weight, mm -hmm. height, mm -hmm. and then blood type. So for the most part, you know, I'll get into it a little more specifically in later podcasts about the specific organ placement, but that's in general how they're placed. You know, the sickest person gets it mm -hmm. within the reasonable time frame, and of course, size and, and blood type. And, you know, if you have any specific questions, info at lopa.org, we just want to make sure that you're understanding um, what we're talking about. But I have a, a cool dude who's one of our, our volunteers, a kidney pancreas recipient, always talks about how he danced at his first death daddy-daughter dance, thanks to his hero. But he said at the time of his transplant, he was on social security disability. He was making $16,000 a year. He did have a heart on his license. He was ejected from his vehicle, but his life was saved. They brought him to the hospital and his organ function declined, but he was able to receive a kidney and a pancreas and he is alive today, thank goodness, because the system Works. works. Yes, it does. It does. I mean, it, it doesn't matter, like I said, your status, your, your wealth, anything like that. What matters the most is that you are the best suited recipient for that donor. And it goes, if you're the sickest person, you know, you'll be bumped up higher on the list. Mm -hmm. And so when TV tries to display this and they have to get it done in their hour program, there has to be a lot of drama that goes on with it. But thank goodness we have these professionals who work around the clock to make sure that life happens. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a 24-7, 365 for us in the organ donation world. It doesn't stop 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Most it's something fact, to experience. It is. And most, in fact, do happen at all times of the night. Mm -hmm. And once, and I, I mentioned the, the 24 to 36 hours, once we have the organs placed in the, the most suitable homes, mm -hmm. that's when we'll go into the recovery room and a transplant surgeon comes in. We kind of coordinate everything. And a transplant surgeon, along with our LOPA team, will go in and do the recovery. And then that's about the only part that the TV gets right <laughs> is is that we do, in fact, put them in ice chests because yes. they have to stay cool. A lot of the um, kids ask about that. Yeah, is that, oh, is yeah. that true? Yes, it is. That's the part that is true. You know, And then we send it out and get it to that transplant center as quickly as possible because time is of the essence at that point. And it's just an amazing process 
and um, look what can happen when we all work together. All right, it's about that time where we myth bust. You used that earlier. I like that, Joey. Uh, myths about donation that are out there. We want to replace them with the facts. So here's what came in. My friend is waiting on a kidney. I want them to get my kidney if I register and become a donor. So if I become a donor, can my family decide who gets the organs? And this is direct donation. Yeah, Lori, earlier on, you know, when I was talking about organ allocation or who's the best home, where the best home is for this particular donation, I talked about UNOS and the waiting list. I kind of mentioned that, okay, the waiting list is as it is, and it goes to the sickest person, best match. This is the one kind of caveat. This is the one change in it that if you have someone that you know that is on the waiting list and you would like to donate to that person, you can actually bypass the list by way of the direct donation. Mm -hmm. So what has to happen, obviously, your family has to sign and say that it's okay for us to bypass the list and direct donate to you or to this particular, your friend or whoever, the recipient. And then we will, of course, do the same workup and everything, but we will make that offer to your transplant physician, the Mm -hmm. one whoever's in taking care of you. And then they will take all the information in as like height and weight, you know, the blood type. Because it has, has, all to, has match. to match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that okay. all has to match. And then, of course, how well your kidney's functioning to see if it would still be a good home. And if those three things take place, then direct donation can take place. Now, the, again, it's important to know that can't just be anybody with, say, kidney problems or even in stage renal disease. It has to be someone who is actively waiting on the list at a transplant center. Right. So, but if those th- if those things take place, then yes, your kidney or, you know, even liver or, you know, whatever you decide to donate can go to your friend who's, who's waiting on the waiting list. Makes sense. Info at lopa.org if you want more on this topic. And also, we come to you and we dispel some of these myths. We'll tell you about donation. If you go to lopa.org slash speaker, lopa.org slash speaker, we're across the state here in Louisiana, and we can come to you and we can have these conversations. We want to spur healthy conversations wherever you are, and then we want you to take that back to your home so that we can make an educated decision when it comes to donation. We are now to our community segment, and we just love, love, we'll scream it from the rooftops about our wonderful partners from all walks of life. Yep, Lori. And this partner that we have really takes the wheel when it comes to donor awareness. Okay. Joining us now is Chris Sibley of the Road Scholars Institute of Driving, located in Walker. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? We are good, and we are really good because you're one of our partners when it comes to saving lives, and you do such a great job with it. Now, we know that you own Road Scholars, which is a, a driving education school, and so you're reaching these future leaders before they get their license and are asked, Do you want to be an organ donor? And what we love is that you make sure they understand the facts about donation, too. Yeah, definitely. It's tough trying to teach them Louisiana traffic laws and and rules of the road. But when it comes to organ donation, 
it's just a much more um, simpler process, and it's also fun at, at the same time. So the kids enjoy it, we enjoy it, and that's why we try to be a big part of it. Well, and you um, kind of think outside the box. You try to think of new and creative and fun ways in order to educate, which we like it. And you really go the extra mile pun intended, uh, when it comes to helping us out. For example, um, your cars that you take the kids out to teach them the rules of the roadway, you have a wrap on there, and they have some pretty fancy logos on there with Donate Life. Yeah, definitely. One thing is uh, about really hitting the head with the uh, hammer as far as awareness, and we just try to always provide that visual, whether it be on our vehicles, Mm -hmm. inside our actual office with the life-size driver license, that the students get a picture with at the end of the class. So it's just all about promoting that awareness. And and that's just something that we try to do and we try to be creative with it as well. And uh, one of the fun things that I get to be a part of is that um, Road Scholars actually helped us adopt a mascot, a giant heart, that we had some help in naming from our, our folks in the area, Donate. So our mascot is named Donate, D-E-A-U-X-N-A-T-E, and he comes with us everywhere into the schools, hospitals, to help raise awareness, and that was the brainchild of you, Mr. Chris. Yeah, we thought it was a great idea to bring about a mascot. We saw some of the other um, Donate Life in uh, the different states, they had their own mascots, so I thought it was about time that Louisiana had their own. Um, unfortunately, Mike the Tiger was a little <laughs> busy with some other obligations, but um, I think Donate was, uh, was a great choice. Yes, and, and we love you for it. That's the gift that keeps on giving. During the month of April, you came to me and said, hey, it's Organ Donor Awareness Month. If these kids sign up, I'm going to give you a portion of each registration. You did that on your own. And you're ready to cut us a check. Definitely. Um, thanks to 42 students and their parents, we were able to raise up $1,050 for the month and during the month of April wow. um, for the registrations. Uh, so this is our second year actually doing that. Right. And um, we just we wanted to be as much help as possible. I, I know it's kind of hard getting the message out. and um, So, you know, we're here to help. We say that everybody has a talent, and when we all work together, look what can happen. Well, you know, look what can happen. So so we love it. You include us in your advertisements. You attend the Rabelais Run for Life, which saved the date, everyone, October 3rd at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center in Baton Rouge is the fifth annual Rabelais Run for Life. Um, last year, you were giving out free T-shirts, advice. People were running to your table. You're just awesome. So we appreciate you, but tell us why you do so much. I know you've worked with some of our donor families and recipient families. Tell us why you're so invested. Well, it it was a good thing to get involved in because we saw how important it is. Um, One thing about us, we're locally owned and family operated, and, and so we're real big in the family, and we see how big that organ donation is to the families, whether it be on the giving side or the receiving side. And, you know, a student that we had a couple months back was one of the heart recipients. And um, just to, you know, have uh, conversations with his mother and him just to see the impact it had. Mm-hmm. It was just truly amazing. And so do we have any regrets as far as, you know, being involved? No. I mean, we would, no questions asked. We want to be a part of anything that LOPA has to do. 
um, when it comes to the state of Louisiana. And we cannot thank you enough. And what I love about you is that you always surprise me what's coming up on the horizon. And I know that you have your thinking cap on, especially when it comes to this race in October. So I'm pretty curious to know what's going to be coming our way. And I'm excited at the same time. <laughs> well, we, uh, we're definitely planning some stuff in the works. Hopefully some things go through and, uh, it allows us to acquire some equipment. Um, not only do we want to use it in the Livingston Parish area, but mm-hmm. we want to be able to bring it for the run in October. And hopefully things go according to plan, but we're just kind of have to see. It, it will be outside the box, and um, I, I think everyone will enjoy it. Ooh, I'm so excited. I love it. So, Chris, we just can't thank you and Road Scholars Institute of Driving enough. We know that you're located in Livingston Parish um, in the town of Walker. If people want more information on you, I know you're out on social media and things, but how do we how do we get with you? Well, um, the best way to get in touch with us is you can, our direct contact number, which is 225-281-5202, or you can visit our website at roadscholarsdriving.com and you can register, sign up, learn more about us um, and see what's going on in the upcoming events. And I love the um, Facebook page updates with the pictures of the kids in front of that life-size license. So it's just awesome to be a part of. We can't thank you enough. Just positive from every angle, this partnership. So Chris and Road Scholars, Thank y'all. All right. Thanks for having us. Such an honor. Well, that Chris, is he's really good about organ donation. He's always coming out with something good, something new. I can't wait to see what's going to happen for the race time. Yes. October 3rd. Mark your calendar. Be there or be square. Do people still say that, Joe? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> Lopa.org, um, and that's where you can get uh, a calendar of events. Um, so the Robley Run for Life, you'll see that up there. And then all the other wonderful events happening in communities across the state. This is episode five, so we're podcast savvy, or so you and I think, right? Uh, But we also like to try to be tech savvy as well, and uh, we want to talk about a tool helping with donation, a DCD tool. Fill us in. Well, Laurie, you see, in the past, and I've kind of talked, touched upon DCD, or donation after circulatory death, in a previous podcast, so I'd like for you to certainly go back and listen to episode two. Okay. But... What it is, is for families that are wishing to withdraw life support, their loved one can still potentially become an organ donor and save lives through DCD. You know, the, the hurdle or, or the challenge is, is that they, they would have to cardiac arrest in or their heart would have to stop beating within about an hour of the withdrawal of life support for them to become a donor. Because the longer you go after the life support's removed, the, the more damage that occurs with less blood supply. So... We had a, a, a DCD tool, so to speak, created in the past, uh, and we borrowed that from, uh, from Wisconsin, and it was kind of widely used across the, the nation. But it gave us, you know, the results that it gave us were decent. We had, you know, we were able to predict that the patient would be a potential, and we were accurate probably somewhere in the, in the 70% range. We felt this isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So we took on the challenge about a little over a year ago of creating, going through, all of our DCD donors and the ones that we evaluated for DCD and basically put a tool together that's electronic that uses a really, really extensive calculation. It uses a, a, a 
a lot of other factors that weren't really present in the other two mm -hmm. and kind of combined it up and we modified it a few times over the last year or so. And we've come up to, to a point where now we can predict accurately who our DCD potential organ donors are to over 80%. And this is a higher percentage. This is better than anyone else so far to date mm -hmm. has been able to do. So so we're trying to get it out there and we're actually uh, gonna try to use it as a best practice and get more of the other organ recovery agencies on board because we want everyone to, to share in the successes that we've had over the past year with our tool. Right, in order to save more lives, that about. is our goal. And about. this just goes to show you there's a lot going on at the time of death. So we want you to start talking about donation now. Have that conversation. Use the facts that we are providing that you may know. Info at lopa.org. If you have questions, we'll provide it for you so that we can have those healthy conversations and talk donation. But technology, you never know what kind of role it's going to play, but it just continues to help us make life happen. Laura, this is a time where we're going to honor our hero mm -hmm. as we do in every podcast. Yes. This podcast, our hero is Kenneth Douglas Morris. Kenneth was a grandfather, which reminds me this, this month is National Older Americans Month. Yes. So please don't rule yourself out. You know, fortunately, he didn't and his family didn't. Right. And we want to tell you more about Kenneth Douglas Morris, but folks didn't call him Kenneth Douglas Morris. They called him KD. Everyone called him that. And they tell us that he would have given the shirt off of his back to anyone. So donation was just natural. Uh, but he loved his family, loved his grandchildren, loved his great-grandchildren. And one of the fondest memories of this family is that every time he would see a new grandbaby, Joey, he would roll up a $100 bill and he would put it in their hands. Isn't that funny? Awesome. I love it. So that's the memory that these children have, and they say that was just who he was. And he actually retired to raise his great-grandchild, Aaron, and that was his little best friend, and she says that was her best friend. Um, lost him to an abdominal aneurysm, but he never wanted anyone to be in a bind, and like we said, gave the shirt off of his back. So when it came to donation, this family says it was an easy decision for them. This man is a hero. He saved lives. And another memory that they cherish is that every time he'd see one of these babies, he would say, God loved them. And they want the recipients to know God loved them. God loved them. Just a, a touching story for K.D. Morris, who is a hero. It is, Lori. At this point, we'd like to pause and say thank you to K.D. for his gift of life. have reached our question and answer segment here on the Gifted Life podcast. And if you have a question that you would like us to tackle, info at lopa.org, info at lopa.org. Our question today, Joey, coming in, I'm a diabetic on medication and my doctor told me that I can't be a donor. And we actually hear this a lot out in the community. So what say you? Yeah, well, I hear that every once in a while. And it's true, in fact, in some way, you wouldn't be able to become a pancreas donor because your pancreas is obviously not functioning in the way that it should if you are diabetic. 
but that does not rule you out for any of the other life-saving organs. Like, for instance, you can still become a heart donor. You can still become a liver donor. You can still save lives through lung donation. You can even still save lives through kidney donation. Really? Yeah, kidneys. And even though sometimes diabetes, especially if it's poorly controlled, may do some damage to the kidneys. Right. But we do a series of tests, and it's, it depends on how well controlled it is, of course, but we do a series of tests to check kidney function, and there are oftentimes where the kidneys are still functioning mm-hmm. at a high level, especially high enough to be able to go on and, and function at least for 10, 15 years in someone else. All right. So we always say, don't rule yourself out, right? Let the right. doctors at Let the time us... of death determine right. what Who's... can be used to save life. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Info at lopa.org. Let us hear from you. We have reached the end of another podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. We do want to remind you that during the summer, we are very active when it comes to those summer classes. A lot of the kids are involved in allied health programs or 4-H programs. You need a speaker? Hey, check us out. Lopa.org slash speaker. Tell us what you're needing, where you are, and someone will be in touch. We want to get you the information that you need. We want to talk to you. We also, Laurie, want to thank Chris Sibley for coming on and helping us through Road Scholars Driving School spread awareness and do all the things that he's been doing. He's such a huge partner for us. Everybody can make a difference. He proves it, right? We also want to thank our production team, Kirsten, Troy, Shalon, Sean Paul, Brenda, everybody who puts in a little bit to make sure that we sound okay. Good? You sound What's okay. What's your vote? Okay. <laughs> there you go. We appreciate you sticking with us. Tell your friends about us here on The Gifted Life, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.